1: This episode is sponsored by Kaplan Medical. If you head over to captest.com and use the offer code ITB15, you can get 15% off any Kaplan Medical product. And importantly, for AMA members, you can combine this discount with your AMA membership for a total of 40% off. I live, outside, live outside of all of it. Welcome to the Inside the Boards podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer, so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed in medical school. I am Patrick Beeman, your host. We are going right into one of our Kaplan Test Prep Minutes with Dr. Chris Semino, Chief Medical Officer and Vice President for Kaplan Medical. All right, Dr. Semino, students always ask the lecturers, will that be on the test? But really, individual lecturers in a course have little idea what's going to be on the test outside of their own subspecialty. You told me in a previous conversation that a group of a handful of five students or something like that can often do a better job of estimating what will be on a test than an individual faculty member. So how is an exam constructed? How does one decide what's going to be on it, like USMLE Step 1?
2: Sure. And, and the same problem faces is faced by medical schools who are trying to figure out what they're supposed to test their students on. A lot of people like to say, if you get a bunch of faculty in a room, 80% of them will agree, agree on 80% of what should be on the test. And then they'll argue over the last 20%, which will make up a whole other 80% double the size of the test. Uh, but that's kind of how NBME uh, complex approached the problem. They have panels of faculty from across the country at medical schools and they get them in rooms and have them argue with each other at least, uh, how much they can agree upon as being important and how much importance to assign to each of those topics. And then for the stuff that they can't quite agree on, they make a little room in the test. And so some students are going to see some of those weird 5% questions in one topic and other students will see the 5% another topic. And the idea is that Overall, they're close enough, that they're close enough to the consensus.
1: All right. And how has that applied to your work with Kaplan?
2: So we do the same thing in terms of trying to approach that consensus. We have lots of faculty who are writing items, but we also bring those items back to other faculty um, and get their input. Uh, Do you think this agrees with what's on the test? Is this question too far out there? Uh, Same thing with our live lectures. We have a series of lecture notes, most of which is written by a very small group of faculty. But in the course of teaching the, the lectures, everyone who lectures for Kaplan gets the chance to provide input and say, this is too obscure or this is more important. It should be expanded. And so we take that those comments into consideration as we revise it each year.
1: All right, thanks. If you'd like to take advantage of the Kaplan offer for ITB listeners, just go to captest.com and use the offer code ITB15. And now, here's Alex and Elizabeth continuing our psychiatry high yield question dissections.
3: All right. A 75-year-old man is admitted to the hospital for altered mental status of unknown etiology. He seems slightly confused, but answers most questions appropriately when talking to the physician. At one point, he jumps up from the chair and screams that there are ants everywhere, even though there are none. He continues to insist that the hospital is overflowing with ants. Which of the following psychiatric symptoms is this person experiencing? A, illusions. B, delusions. C. Dementia, D. Hallucinations, or E. Loose Associations.
0: Okay, well, I feel really bad for this guy to (laughs) think that everything is covered in ants, but I'd say the answer choice is probably going to be D. Hallucination, because it's the perception of an external stimuli. Mm -hmm. So he's thinking that there are ants everywhere outside, whereas an illusion or an illusion would be an inaccurate response to real sensory stimuli Mm -hmm. and a delusion would be some sort of like a fixed belief rather than a projection of stuff of outside stimuli.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I always think of like magicians. I think they told us this in med school, like magicians do illusions. Like they make you like you're seeing something really happening in front of your eyes, but the magicians are using mirrors and smoke to make you perceive the things that are in front of you differently. So like mm-hmm. that's that's why it's an illusion. And then a hallucination is something that is completely not there. There's nothing there and you're seeing like an entirely made up thing in front of you. I think people have less difficulty differentiating that from a delusion, which is just like you know, we use that oh. kind of in common phrase like that person is deluded, they think this about that. So it's just a fixed false belief. Mm-hmm. Um yeah.
0: Now uh something I'd like to add is, even though this question only asked us what psychiatric symptoms this guy's experiencing um if they had asked us instead what could be things causing these hallucinations mm. um in these kind of situations, mm-hmm. there could there's a whole variety of things that can cause it, but the fact that he had um visual and potentially tactile if you because mm-hmm. he cause jumps out all of over it him,
3: yeah,
0: yeah, they're all over him. You're going to probably see those more in, well, tactile hallucinations, at least, in situations of drug abuse or drug withdrawal,
2: mm-hmm.
0: whereas you're going to see more the visual hallucinations um, in dementia, Parkinson's, other neurodegenerative disorders can involve hallucinations. Um, so with this patient, if we were to take that one step further and say why he's having the hallucinations... Given that he's a, his age and his confusion, it could be that he has some form of neurodegenerative disease.
3: Totally. Yeah. Definitely. And Lewy body dementia um, would be one of them. What, so what drugs of withdrawal, what drug of withdrawal do you think of with this uh, sensation of bugs crawling on you, which is also called formication?
0: So with these kind of situations, if you're, Looking at patients who are abusing drugs or withdrawing from drugs and from my experiences in rotations with the ED, I can tell you that people who are withdrawing from alcohol um, tend to have these tactile stimulations, as well as people who are currently actively abusing and using uh, cocaine and other methamphetamines can get these tactile hallucinations. That's
3: totally right. Yep. Yep.
0: All right. Awesome. Sometimes. All right. Drugs. Wonderful <laughs> drugs. things. <laughs> um,
1: you should, don't do drugs, yeah. kid. Don't, don't do, do drugs. drugs.
0: Don't do drugs because <laughs> do you don't want to have, you know, ants crawling all over your skin. Right. Exactly. That, that like literally would give me nightmares. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just thinking about it, it sounds terrible.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I'll ask you the next question. Um, we have a 30-year-old homeless individual is admitted to the hospital after he was found trying to cut his wrist. He has a history of major depressive disorder and has been admitted at the same hospital several times for attempted suicide. He reports that his depression has been worsening over the past two months, and that he's been experiencing auditory hallucinations for the past year. Two months ago, the auditory hallucinations started with preached religious instructions, but a week ago, they began instructing him to kill himself. On physical exam, he is alert and oriented, but does not make eye contact. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? And our answer choices are A, bipolar disorder, B, brief psychotic disorder, C, depression, D, schizoaffective disorder, or E, schizophrenia.
3: And I would go with D, Schizo affective disorder
0: that is indeed the correct answer
3: so I think the things to think about here are that he definitely has like we definitely know he sounds like schizophrenia because he's got more than two of these symptoms that we know about like the auditory hallucinations they're instructing him to do things Um, Mm -hmm. he he looks like he's probably going to have some kind of diagnosis that has to do with schizophrenia But he also has a history of major depressive disorder diagnosis. So that's the first clue that's a little off because schizophrenia does not mean that you're suicidal. Like, schizophrenic patients are by no means automatically also depressed and suicidal, although they often uh, can be depressing to have that illness. Um, But he has major depressive disorder and he's attempted suicide and has had hospital admissions for it. So the fact that he has, like, severe you know, what we categorize as mood symptoms of being very depressed at the same time displaying a number of symptoms associated with schizophrenia and that during that psychotic episode, like during those hallucinations while he's been hearing voices, has, it sounds like, begun a mood episode that has occurred during that psychotic episode, then we consider that schizoaffective disorder. So, it's kind of like a combination of a a severe mood disorder and
0: schizophrenia
3: symptoms. Um. There,
0: that is correct. Oops,
3: go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go
0: ahead. Um, yeah. So, how I look at these kind of questions is, um, in this patient, you could make an argument for a couple of the different answer choices if you didn't like catch mm-hmm. all of the hints in the vignette. So, with this patient, though, you have, as you said, both mood symptoms and schizophrenic symptoms, which is why you would get schizoaffective. Mm-hmm. However, if it had been um, A brief psychotic disorder, for example, um, he would only present, the way we could differentiate that it's not brief psychotic disorder, I should say it that way, is the fact that it's been happening for more than a month. It's Mm -hmm. been two months or more that he's been having these issues Mm -hmm. and he's been having these psychotic symptoms. So that's how you can eliminate brief psychotic disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, You can eliminate just generalized depression because he's got these schizophrenic symptoms and you can eliminate regular schizophrenia because he's having these mood symptoms. So that really only leaves you with schizoaffective and bipolar disorder. But for to cut out bipolar disorder, you would have someone who would be having major mood swings between depression and like hypomania or mania, depending on what type of bipolar disorder he has. And the vignette gives you no hints of any manic or Mm -hmm. hypomanic stages. So then that's how you'd eliminate that answer, leaving us with only... D, the schizoaffective, as our answer choice.
3: Yeah, that makes sense to me too. That's very good. All right, so I have a farm question for you.
0: Oh, fun.
3: A a 46-year-old man comes to the emergency department because of hallucinations. Over the course of his stay in the ED, he becomes agitated, aggressive, and combative. His records show that he is taking an antifungal for athlete's foot. His pulse is 96 beats per minute with an irregular heart rhythm, and his blood pressure is 175 over 96 millimeters of mercury. Which of the following medications is most appropriate for the acute management of his symptoms? A. Haloperidol, B. Lorazepam, C. Quetiapine, or D. Thioridazine, or E. Ziprazidone.
0: Okay, so in this patient, the big things that we want to take away is the fact that he's agitated and combative, but he's also having this irregular heartbeat. So the thing we're going to be worried about is QT prolongation in a patient like this, where some of these medications that you listed are going to increase the QT prolongation, or they're going to cause QT prolongation, I should say it that way. Mm -hmm. And that's going to cause even more issues in these patients. So from these answer choices... Um, most of them, if I'm looking at them right, all do cause some form of QT prolongation except for lorazepam because it's a benzodiazepine and those are less likely to cause Mm -hmm. QT prolongations than any of these other drugs, which are all antipsychotics. Mm -hmm. Um, In any case, we should probably keep this patient on an echocardiogram just to make sure that any medications we administer to him don't cause QT prolongation because he's probably also... Given the fact that he's, uh, yeah, he's agitative, aggressive, combative, and he's having hallucinations. Um, I've seen these patients in the ED before, and usually these are the kind of patients that are probably either withdrawing from alcohol or they are otherwise having some kind of withdrawal symptoms. So in a patient like this, the lorazepam would also have the added benefit of helping with. His alcohol withdrawal symptoms
3: that's a good point that is a good point um what other signs of alcohol withdrawal does he have in the vignette potentially
0: so he actually probably has most of them he has an array irreg- well the irregular heartbeat is the qt prolongation that we're worried about but he has tachycardia well mm-hmm. almost tachycardia he has uh, very bad hypertension, and then he has the aggressiveness and the hallucinations, which are all signs and symptoms of stages of alcohol withdrawal. Yeah,
3: that's good. I think I would use lorazepam too. Uh, what else do we know about these other these other anti? So all the other choices pretty much are like antipsychotics, right? Correct. What, um, like in what situation would you have used haloperidol?
0: Um, so haloperidol is usually something people would use for, um, treatment of schizophrenia Mm -hmm. or something like Tourette's syndrome. It can be used in alcohol withdrawal as well for the hallucinations, Mm -hmm. but given this patient's irregular heartbeat and heart rhythm, we don't use haloperidol because it has the known reason of increasing the QT length, Mm -hmm. which is something we definitely want to avoid. Mm -hmm. Um, as for Quintiapine, that's also a medication that can be used for schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, um, but it doesn't really have any uses in alcohol withdrawal. And as we said before, it's, since it's an antipsychotic, it's going to cause, again, QT prolongation. Same with the thyroidazine is another thing, atypical antipsychotic, treats schizophrenia, causes QT prolongation, not really useful for our patient. Mm-hmm. And same with Zipri- uh, um again, treats schizophrenia, treats bipolar disorder, and causes increased QBT prolongation. So really the only other answer choice, if you were just looking at it from an alcohol withdrawal standpoint, mm-hmm. would be the haloperidol. But this is one of those boards questions where there's that one little thing that changes it between the two answer choices mm-hmm. is the fact that he has the irregular heartbeat. And because of that... You cannot use haloperidol because it will cause the QT or can cause the QT prolongation, and that would be very deleterious to our patient.
3: Right, lead to to torsades. So, uh, we would also, haloperidol is really good for delirium in the elderly. So, in other circumstances where you don't have a specific concern for the QT interval, um, that would be very much an answer choice that you could pick on step one. If you have an elderly patient, like sundowning, when they get kind of like goofy and are acting a little wacky and maybe endangering themselves towards the evening in the hospital, um, one way to avoid having to put them into restraints, which increases risk of physical harm, is to use something like haloperidol. Remember that the second generation, though, antipsychotics, the atypical antipsychotics like quetiapine, um, all are associated with that black box warning for sudden death sudden cardiac death in elderly patients. And that's a big boards uh, thing to remember unless there are very specific circumstances. uh, Even in real life, even though in real life we might make exceptions to this rule, you would um, want to avoid giving an elderly patient an atypical antidepressant because of that black box warning. So, yeah, I think that's it then. Thanks for coming on. That was
0: It was
1: a pleasure. We'll do fun. this again sometime.
3: Definitely. <laughs>
0: More psych questions. Always psych questions. Definitely
3: psych's the best.
1: Just wanted to thank Rao Reynolds and Enter Shikari for letting us use the track Live Outside off The Spark, their new album, about which Rao said, What I was trying to do with this album in marrying the personal and the political is to ensure that human vulnerability is laid bare and to not be afraid to speak about emotions plus this album is a little lighter than what you heard previously with the song anesthetist at any rate check out entershikari.com.